Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad, the raw, unfiltered, crazy, funny, wild, sometimes difficult side of those living outside of the normal nine to five. So get ready, sit back, because here are some crazy nomads. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Crazy Nomad Podcast. So happy to have you here for another episode. I have my friend Yaz on today. Can't wait to talk about her story, her journey in Bali, all of it. It's super interesting. Can't wait for it. Super excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Of course. So tell everyone, how did you get to Bali? What's your background? What is your whole journey? Give us the deets. Okay, so um, 2019 was kind of a bit of a crazy year for me. I'd kind of decided that I wanted to set up a business with the idea that I would have a steady income coming in from a stable business and then I'd be able to go off and live the dream you know sort of like travel the world and have a steady income and actually that was not the plan that the universe had in mind for me so unfortunately I bought this this cafe well that part wasn't the unfortunate part I bought this cafe (laughs) and in the April and then come the June I was diagnosed with cancer and everything sort of went to pot. So I I lost the business, I lost a lot of money. I nearly went bankrupt actually and um, couldn't walk for a period of time. And so it was just a very sort of, you know, darker chapter if you like. And then um, just as I was coming out of that, I got myself a job in property, which was always kind of what I'd done for about six years. Yeah. And um, as I started this job, we then went into lockdown with the whole COVID pandemic in London, right? And so two weeks after I'd started this job, we were in lockdown and then I I was furloughed where, you know, you're sort of working from home, getting paid and whatnot, which was really a blessing from the universe. It, It really got me through that period of time. And I could kind of see that things weren't really going to improve. So I made the decision that now is a really good time to get out of the country. And... For my birthday in 2020, a family friend of mine had got me a tarot deck. Now, I've been spiritual, like, my whole life. I was born to a woman that meditates. There were a couple of gurus that arrived shortly after I was born. And when I was a kid, like, I'm 31 now, just turned. And when I was a kid, meditation wasn't really, like, a thing that people knew about. Like, yeah. in Bali out here, everybody meditates. Everyone, every you know? day. <laughs> Even if you don't, then everybody's aware of what it is. Yeah. Or you're doing breath work or yoga or some form of meditation, right? And um, so as a kid, I was aware that I was part of this kind of unusual at the time world. And um, as I evolved through that life, there were lots of things in terms of spirituality that I became very conscious of. You know, that there's other dimensions, other lives and so on. And about a year or two before I got given this tarot deck, I'd really got into just watching the odd tarot reading on YouTube or having the odd one. Now, when I was younger, I kind of took it with a pinch of salt and didn't really take it too seriously but as I got older I understood that everything in the world is is energy right it's a form of frequency and actually science and religion really tap into um 
spirituality in the sense that you know energy can only be transferred right it cannot be destroyed that's scientific all there is is energy it just takes on different forms and manifests in different ways just like your emotions they physically manifest as maybe tears or anger and when you boil a kettle steam comes out right yep so when i started to have the odd tarot reading they started to come out really accurately i was a bit like huh, there's something in this, right? (laughs) Anyway, I'd never even considered doing it myself. And I got given this tarot deck for my birthday and I just played around with it, did a couple of readings for myself and a couple of friends. And it kept coming out super accurate. And I was like, oh, maybe this is something that I can do. So coming back full circle to leaving England, um, which I'm so pleased that I did, I mean, I was a bit nervous, right? Because my life had just been so hectic. You know, I'd I'd just had cancer. I'd just been in in remission. And then we'd had this world pandemic. So it was a bit like, oh, you know, a bit like, "Ah, I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, of course. Um, And so we got released in the UK out of our sort of, you know, main lockdown. And we were able to travel, I think, from sort of like the August, September. And I decided to leave the UK and go to Portugal. And I just sort of had faith. I just knew that I was supposed to leave. I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. And I went to Portugal. And I'd started this tarot business online and it just seemed to be really, it just went really well. You know, like the first day I posted a picture, I got paid readings and I was like, wow, okay. And they kept coming back so accurate. And I was like, wow, I I actually, I can do this. (laughs) And um, I, I don't know, I just tapped into the energy a bit more. And the more I was open to it and the more I flowed with it, the, the more easy the, the messages came. And I'd always realized from a young age that I could see things you know like I'd seen I don't know if you want to call them spirits I don't really like to say the dead I like to say the past you know Mm -hmm. people that have passed um and you know I could read things about people that um I couldn't explain from a very 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 young age I mean I believe that we're all psychic right I believe we can all tap into those energies it's just some of us can do it a little bit more than others you know if you're scared of it then of course you're not going to see stuff so much but um basically the tarot business really picked up and it really carried me through in Portugal and then after Portugal I went to Spain for about three months and I did some ayahuasca there that was very insightful that definitely helped with some spiritual stuff and dealing with some trauma and healing and that was a pretty cool experience process yeah I mean I did ayahuasca six times in the space of nine weeks wow yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, we can talk about that. Um, <laughs> and then basically, obviously England had the whole Brexit scenario and I've got a British passport. So basically it got down to sort of like two weeks left in Spain and I was a bit like, mm, okay, I need to think about where I'm going to go. And at this point, the whole world was really, really, really locked down. You know, my, my choices were kind of like the UAE, um, south america in certain parts or bali yeah so i was kind of thinking mexico but i knew things were a bit wild over there already yeah i mean you know it's definitely and i'd had a few friends of mine that you know they were friends with some very powerful people over there that Mm -hmm. gave me the heads up and said maybe give it a miss um so i thought about costa rica and then i narrowed it down to costa rica and bali and um i had a couple of friends over here in bali and no one in costa rica and i thought well, if I'm going to the other side of the world, it's probably wise to have like a couple of friends hanging around. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, 
uh, then basically I went to see a friend of mine in Spain and he, he took me for lunch to this really cute restaurant. And when we arrived at the restaurant, it was next door to another restaurant called Jakarta. Mm-hmm. And then we sat down in the restaurant and the first thing on the menu was called a barley bowl. So I literally paid for my visa and booked my flights right there and then. Just no intention. Yeah, but it's like, you know, the spirituality, right? It's like the universe is always speaking to you somehow. And I just took that as a big sign. And I was just like, okay, cool. And my visa came through within 24 hours. And I was like, yeah, okay, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And off we went to Bali. And then it's been quite a ride since. I mean, like, I feel yeah. like Bali is one of those places, like, you come here and it's a whole different, like, ball game than the rest of the world at the moment with, like, oh, yeah. being able to actually live life and just kind of have a little bit of sense of normalcy, which is super nice to experience, especially coming from, like, a year of just lockdown or whatever and not really knowing. And I feel like Bali also allows you to meet so many people to, like, connect with and grow this, like, whole community where I don't think a lot of other places quite have such a strong like digital nomad you can call it community or bubble that we're allowed to like kind of tap into and meet and I think it's just it's a wonderful place for people to kind of escape to and not even just like find themselves but just like really get your footing on the ground of like what they want their life to look like or what they you know where they want to go um so how was your journey like once you got here to now from like landing to being here with everything from spirituality to the tarot cards to anything in between I mean, I would really agree with you. I think Bali is, I would call it delicious, you know. It's um, (laughs) It's a good word. I mean, it's such an unusual environment. And I think I'm very lucky and blessed to be here during the COVID times. One, because of what you speak about, you know, we're experiencing normalcy, um, which I think is our birthright, to be honest. I think freedom and so on is our birthright. Um, I think the rest of the world is, you know, losing the plot somewhat, to be honest. Um... But what I would say is that I think that how how Bali is right now is actually really, for me personally, such a blessing because I think when it's when the world's open, so to speak, it would probably be a little bit too crazy for me. Yeah. Um, I'm quite a peaceful person and being so spiritually in tune and there being so much energy around, it can be a little bit sort of like, ah, for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I've had such a blissful time here. I literally couldn't be more in love with my life. I would say being in Bali is the happiest I've ever been in my life for a consistent period of time. So um, Bali to me is just, like I said, delicious, but it's magical. I agree with you completely about the whole networking I've never known networking to be like this I know you can network in every part of the world and I'm from London right I'm from a big city I've lived there on and off most of my life and I'm not not traveled you know I wouldn't say I'm the most traveled person I know by any stretch of the imagination but I'm not not traveled um and I find Bali to be a very unique place um how it's been for me other than blissful and pleasurable in more detail is I've met some incredible people from all walks of life. I cannot express how much the Indonesian and Balinese people have touched my heart. Um, I feel very keen to do something or some many things, you know, to give back. Um, I'm very eager to go and see some orphanages and some charities that do a lot of work for, you know, the innocent and the defenseless on the planet. And I think that Bali, you know, it's a home 
that has that offers so much enjoyment and growth and unfoldment and evolution for so many people that it would be selfish and ignorant of me to not give back in some way um even just doing things like beach cleans the fact that we've got a couple of organizations over here on a sunday you can go and help clean up a beach it's just like the least that we can do you know um i find you get a real mixture of people here oh for sure hands down oh yeah and I, i i love that you know there's definitely um a wide vibration of uh wide a wide variation of vibrations is what I'd say. And by that, I mean, I think everybody here is looking for something, whether that be themselves and they're conscious of that or they're looking for something else and eventually it leads them to some part of themselves that they didn't quite yet know they were looking for. Now, there are going to be, wherever you go in the world, some lower vibrational people and some higher vibrational people. And Bali has a real variety on the spectrum, just like any other part of the world. And what's really interesting to me is that people find who they're looking for and I've naturally found myself in certain groups where people are perhaps in need of some sort of healing and what I do and I also do a lot of um, life relationship and spiritual coaching and I'm sure people have heard this many times before but every relationship that you have is dictated by the relationship that you have with yourself right and so um it's interesting to me how many people I find that just have a conversation with me and they're like I really need to do some work with you to tap into more of how I can get in love with myself you know or they want the help with the relationship and then just the natural conversation brings them back around to realizing actually perhaps I don't really know what I want and so I think that I was supposed to be here in order to help many that I've come across my path but also one of the things that I'm really finding here is that I'm learning so much about how I can improve um, myself as an individual and my own businesses in order to be able to reach other people and help them improve and grow Um, and you know tarot is an amazing aspect of that you know to help people I think people misunderstand what tarot reading is, you know, just like everything, you know, as we said, energy is a frequency, it's all there is. Tarot cards are a tool that help you read energy. And just like crystals do, just like we do it naturally, you know, like how sometimes you can like walk into a room and, you know, you might be really drawn to somebody and it's like, you know, feel they're a soulmate of some kind, like you've known them before, you have an hour conversation and it's like you've known them your whole life and vice versa sometimes you meet someone you're like I don't know what it is but that person just gives me the ick I know you're not for me Um, it's just the frequencies don't match right so it's the same with tarot reading you know sometimes you can read somebody's energy sometimes you can't and sometimes you can pick up on future energies current energies their partner their children it's it's not always controllable and it's it's a real um, it brings me such enjoyment to be able to meet people and do a reading for them and bring them peace of mind or to give them the heads up that something's coming or whatever it may be that comes yeah. up in the reading you know so I mean Bali has just got so many people that are open-minded with open energy and that I think is phenomenal that really brings a uniqueness to Bali I think 
Definitely. Do you find that people are like drawn when they see you out in Bali with the tarot cards or like doing something? Because I remember I met you when you came mm-hmm. to my house from a gathering. Oh, yeah. And you were doing the readings. And I was like, it's something it's very intriguing. So it kind of just like pulls people in. And everyone gets a little curious and like wants to know. Mm-hmm. And so do you find that happens quite often here? Because like you said, people are much more open-minded here than I would say in most places. Regardless of your walks of life, everyone kind mm-hmm. of has a curiosity for a lot. Um, so do you find that happens quite often here if you have them out or if you're like doing it for someone else and someone else sees? Absolutely. I mean, the cards, they absolutely speak for themselves. I take them pretty much everywhere. I have them yeah. with me right now. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, absolutely. People do get curious when they see you with the cards. Particularly, I think also the way that I look, people wouldn't necessarily expect me to, yeah. to, to do tarot cards. Like I dress quite versatile this morning I went and did a, a meditation I had like the hippiest pair of trousers on that I own <laughs> I look like a full-on hippie for yeah. sure um but you know it's like right now I'm wearing like trainers jeans and a top yeah. um other times I go out wearing like boots and shorts and a, a shirt and stuff I look like I'm from Texas um <laughs> and I'm aware that I look stereotypically very sort of 3d modern American UK kind of world yeah. um Whereas, you know, quite often tarot readers, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I wear lots of crystals and stuff, um, but tarot readers tend to have a, well, I suppose like every type of individual, there's like a stereotype that goes yeah, with it, right? Well. And I don't fit that stereotype. I don't really fit any stereotypes, to be honest, um, which I quite like. And one of the things that I've really realised is through doing the ayahuasca and living the life that I've led... I would be, you know, I suppose the modern day word is what you'd call woke, which I don't really resonate with. I don't really like that terminology. I think it's quite, um, it's just a bit of a made up word, to be honest. Um, We all have, we are all on different levels of consciousness. We're all experiencing different levels of consciousness throughout our lives, right? And I would be, I suppose, what you call quite far down the path of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you have that energy you tend to be more peaceful in general. So I started noticing a long time ago um, that people would uh, be very drawn to me. So for example, in England, we have food stores called Tesco's and Sainsbury's, right? And I could be just casually walking around a Tesco's or a Sainsbury's and clearly not working there because I'm dressed in like a tracksuit or something (laughs) and people would come up to me and ask me where certain things are and it's like I mean I I don't work here so I'm not really sure why you're asking me yeah (laughs) and I asked you know one of my gurus about it and he said to me he said because you're so at home and you're so at peace people aren't always seeing you with their eyes they're drawn to your energy and then I, as he answered that for me, I was a bit like, huh, that kind of makes sense because this happens to me everywhere I go. You know, like I've had it before where I can be in like a, I suppose in America you call it like a drugstore, like a beauty yeah. store, right? And I'll be looking at some shampoo and somebody will come up to me and in fact, this happened once for me with a, a lady that actually worked there. And she came up to me and she said, I feel like you can help me. And I'm, I'm looking at her holding the shampoo thinking, aren't you supposed to be the one that helps me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um she then proceeds to tell me about a very abusive childhood that she's had and again this happens to me a lot where people just feel they can tell me things you know they Mm. don't know me I've had people tell me things that they haven't told their wife or their spouse that they've been with you know more than a decade 
and um, it's very um, warming but it comes with a sense of responsibility you know I don't take this lightly because there you know I don't have a prerequisite I don't have any qualifications that tell people that I'm like this or that I can do these yeah. things you know um, it's an energy that's felt for sure and so yes I think the tarot cards is definitely an aspect of that because it's something that you instantly see with the visual but I absolutely have found that for many years now, particularly as my consciousness has grown and broadened, particularly I'd say in the last sort of year to two years, um, people are heavily drawn to me and it's for all sorts of reasons. And then when they sort of hear me speak about certain things and we go in depth in more more subjects, um, particularly like on my tarot page, um, I quite often do questions and answers and I get asked all sorts of things. You know, people ask me about just like life lessons, like how do you let go? Is letting go really beneficial? It's quite a big one because people struggle with letting go because it feels unfamiliar. People yeah. don't like it. Humans like to go back to what's familiar, right? Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, absolutely. Of course yep. it's uncomfortable and people want to know how, how to do it. And it's like they recognize a certain level of peace that I have and they want to know how I got there. And it's not something you can answer in one question. It comes with the smaller questions of how do you let go and reading energy and being intuitive. And, you know, it's like people get emotionally triggered by all sorts of things and that's natural. And it's not like I don't ever get emotionally triggered. I do feel anger. I do get upset. But I rapidly return to peace very quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm able to... Um, rationalize and analyze my triggers much more rapidly than I suppose the average person um, that's not to say that I don't ever have moments where I get really angry you know the other day I was coming on my period and I was so short-tempered and I was like I well I know she's coming yeah because I'm not usually this angry for no <laughs> yeah, real reason and um, but it's like I'm more aware I suppose yeah. of these things so I feel that yes the tarot cards they definitely are a magnet but actually it's an energy that I exude for mm-hmm. the most part. And yes, it comes with the tarot cards, but there's also other things that I can do, you know, like um, I'm clairvoyant, I'm clairaudient, I'm clairsentient. So clairsentient means you feel. Yeah. Clairaudient is obviously hearing and clairvoyant is seeing. Um, so it's like, you know, sometimes I meet people and I can almost see what they're thinking or I hear some of their thoughts and um, I'm an empath as well so I pick up on how other people are feeling so for example this morning I opened this message on my um, Instagram from my tarot page and this lady had asked me for some help with healing her father and asked me how much I said absolutely no charge you know your father's just had a heart attack it's by all means my duty and an honor to be able to send healing to him yeah I said you know please send me his name and an image of him and she then was telling me how she was feeling and it's like before I'd even read the message I was overwhelmed with emotion I had tears falling down my face I was having a great time with life so they weren't my tears and so it's like when you're like that again people are still drawn to you because on some level because we're all psychic we're all energetic beings on some level people know that you can do these things um even if their 3D ego doesn't really believe it. You know, quite often I meet people, I find this a lot of fun, when people don't believe in tarot or they're atheist. You know, it's almost like they want me to convince them. They ask me questions. They want me to prove to them what I can do. I feel no urge whatsoever to try and prove it. If anything, I more ask questions and listen to them. Because quite often those people come back to me in times of pain when they're seeking something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting. Everybody develops their own levels of consciousness. 
at different times in life and quite often it's lessons and experiences of pain that bring us to them so do you ever feel like it's because when you're saying you feel and you can see i think is it overwhelming all the time like you were saying before like mm. where you have those tears like i can't imagine being able to feel and hear people's thoughts and having that like without you know trying really just kind of obviously just happens because you're able to feel those energies and you're connected to it but do you ever feel overwhelmed by it or that you want to ever like not turn it off but like step aside from it ever it's a good question um it's not like I'm walking down the street and I can hear everybody's thoughts like in Bruce Almighty when he became God you know yeah yeah. it's it's a little more toned down than that but Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are people that are like that that can do these things way more than I can you Mm -hmm. know um these are things that I've discovered more recently that I can do I'd say you know the last couple of years Mm -hmm. um even though I was always aware on some level I would say it's challenging when i pick up on darker thoughts you know when you when you meet people that are maybe say sexually predatorial yeah um that can be quite heavy i would say now though that i'm really good at protecting my energy so for the most part i'm kind of walking around just like a regular person you know Mm -hmm. it's only if i maybe meet somebody and i feel something on the off that feels maybe not so good i'm more paying attention Mm -hmm. to what my senses are telling me or the opposite, you know, I, sometimes I'll see somebody walk into a room and I'm super drawn to them and it's a really good feeling. And I just sort of sit there and just feel it and see what comes up. Yeah. Um, the empath side used to be really, really heavy, like feeling other people's emotions because mm-hmm. I used to not know how to control it. Um, but it's like one thing that you can always do to protect your energy is I use a bubble method. So it's like, say I'm in an airport or somewhere, there's lots of people and maybe, you know, that like how sometimes you can go somewhere you can feel maybe if you're in a club that it's quite an aggressive energy and maybe there's a fight going to kick off or something. Yeah. Like you can kind of feel that, right? Yeah. So it's like, I've had it before maybe where I've been in airports on my own and you've got you know, quite a, maybe there's a flight delayed and people are getting angry or something like that. And I'll just kind of like imagine a bubble around me. So the bubble allows good energy to come in, but it keeps a boundary between me and the negative energy. Um, or I fill my whole being up with a light. So it's like, I've got like a white light around me that's mm-hmm. kind of just like, it radiates positivity, right? Yeah. So not only does it bring healing into the room for other people, but it keeps, um, it keeps sort of frequencies that are lower at bay, so to speak. Um, so yes it used to be more overwhelming than Mm -hmm. it is now but what i would say is i'm definitely aware that i rejuvenate by spending time by myself um and i'm very good at cleansing my energy you know i do things like meditation showers or baths where i mean i'll put all sorts of salts and herbs and oils into a bath and sit Mm -hmm. in that for a while and do a meditation you know meditating in general is really good for everybody breath work as well because it helps you regulate your emotions it helps you regulate things like anxiety you know i think it's really sad that in this day and age we've had to become so educated in mental health and you know anxiety is such a common common term yeah. that we use to talk about how we feel you know i can't really tell you how often i get anxiety it's hardly ever mm-hmm. you know um i literally couldn't tell you the last time not that you know things don't happen in my life that make me anxious i mean of course i'm i'm still human um and you know i just told you that i had cancer and i almost went bankrupt and i couldn't walk and yeah. whatnot like my life has been colorful to say the least you know i'd have i've experienced a wide variety of trauma just like everybody else has um but i would say that i just learned um a lot of 
different coping mechanisms in a practical sense and then in a spiritual sense and I would highly recommend to anybody regardless of how psychic or not psychic they feel to do things like meditation and breath work and practicing regulating your emotions you know your emotions are I mean it's, it's clues in our language like everything energy emotion emotion so it's here to visit you it's here to tell you something when you're anxious it's because that's your body letting you know that something's not right you don't feel safe it usually comes from a fight or flight but now it's you know very rare that we need to decide if we're going to fight or flight from yeah. our saber-toothed tiger you know it's more like I'm so anxious because I'm scared that my boss is going to be giving me a really abusive response to the level of work that I've done which mm-hmm. is not a natural way for humans to live yeah so we have to find extra coping mechanisms and so on so um I find it easier to cope with life yes um and actually now that I understand how to use these tools I see them as a way to actually assist me helping with life because I have an advantage if you like um if I feel that somebody's a bit off and I tune into those things that I can do I might be able to find out why maybe they've got just a lot of trauma and they've got Mm. some slightly narcissistic tendencies and I can pick up on that in an hour rather than having to go through several not very nice experiences with them for three months to find that out right so I see it's an advantage I see it as tools that can help me but just like with any tool you have to learn how to manage it it's like if you're a butcher and you know how to cut up meat you know how to use a knife better than other people right I would be very much less skilled and less talented around sharp objects than somebody that's used to doing things like that so it's just you know you have to it's like fine-tuning your craft is kind of how I look at it yeah so another thing I want to touch on with you, which I think is really interesting, is definitely the ayahuasca stuff. So I think mm. I have two friends who have done it and they like have had crazy, like really good experiences, a lot of, like you said, trauma healing, that kind of stuff. So do you think that that helped kind of not pivot you, but like put you in a, you know, a, a more path forward towards like what you wanted to kind of go with your life and all of that after going through how many times did you say it was? Six. Six. And mm. yeah. So how is that? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think things like ayahuasca and plant medicines in general are very misunderstood, you know? I think yeah. it's quite obvious that we are, we're star seeds, right? We come from the earth. When we die, we go back into the earth, whether you're mm-hmm. cremated or, or buried. Yeah. Um, cycle of life is pretty much undeniable. Um, I feel that um mother ayahuasca knows exactly what you need now ayahuasca is a psychedelic that is a feminine energy now the universe is a feminine energy Mm -hmm. because feminine energy is about creativity and receiving so it's about understanding that you are open to receiving the messages whereas things like you know doing mushrooms they're a masculine energy they help you connect dots they literally rewire the brain so all sorts of psychedelics can be super helpful with things like trauma now because I was so open and relaxed, I wasn't. I hadn't really read anything about ayahuasca, and I think, I think that's wise when you do psychedelics is yeah. to not actually educate yourself too much about what to expect, because that can kind of give the ego an idea of what you should be seeing or shouldn't be seeing, and what's good and what's and what's not good. My experiences were very varied, and I'll give you like a brief rundown of each mm-hmm. each one without going into too much detail, so I don't ruin experiences for other people. My first one, I was so open. And I've always been like that. I'm a very open person. Um, And (laughs) it was probably... I came out of it and I felt like my life had absolutely been changed. 
Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was all the throwing up and stuff to begin with, all the purging and whatnot. Yeah, yeah it's great, great stuff. Um, <laughs> and I'm really, really good at like intermittent fasting. I've done a lot of fasting beforehand, but there was still a lot of gunk that had to come out of there. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, I travelled through universes. I saw how vast the universe was. Um, I remember at one point in this particular one, my third eye being so heavy. By by the way, we actually have three third eyes, but the main one, it was so heavy that I kind of had to put my the palm of my hand on my forehead and hold it. And my I was like bending over, like I was sitting down and sort of facing the floor because my head was so heavy with mm-hmm. how powerful my third eye was. And upon reflection, I kind of feel like that was a lot of detoxification coming off my third eye. Yeah. Hence why you throw up so much. Um, and I witnessed sort of like heaven and hell, the polarity. I realized that heaven and hell was really on earth and where you choose to be. You know, it's like in Bali, we can go down to the beaches and we'll be in heaven and you're literally in paradise. Or you could probably end up in some houses where there's some not very nice things going on that are yeah. probably pretty much hellish. So it's about where you choose to take yourself and where you allow your mind to go is kind of the message that I got from that. Um, that was a super powerful one, the first one. Like you never forget your first time is what I'd say. Now, the second one, I was obviously super excited, ready to go, because my first one was absolutely blissful. My first trip was about five five hours-ish. Wow. Second trip, I never felt fear like it in my life. I really? couldn't even tell you what I was scared of. But I'm very much the sort of person that I, I will sit in my darkness, I will face my fears. But I was ready to scream and ask one of the guides to take me out of the room. I was like, just make this stop. And that probably came up for me maybe eight or nine times. But that's just your ego. And in the end, I was sort of giving myself a pep talk. And I was like, you're safe. Nothing can go wrong. Yeah. You're safe here. This is just in your mind. So what is it you're scared of, Yaz? And I just faced it. I was just really ready to face it. And that probably went on for more than an hour, maybe two. And then after that, it was more bliss, more excitement, more uh, more visiting different parts of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of pleasure. Um all the blue people that you see in Hinduism saw a lot of those. Really? Oh, yeah. See a lot of those. All the gods. Yeah. Um, visit different planets in the universe, for sure. Um, met some aliens. They're really cool. I asked them to come, you know. You kind of have to set an intention when you do yeah. this kind of stuff. Like, ask for what you want. And I always asked for to be shown what is good for my highest good and what is I, what I need for my highest level of evolution so I can serve myself and best serve humanity in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware that I am here in service. When you reach a higher level of co- consciousness, you are here to live in service. You're here to have a good time, for sure. Yeah. But you're here to live in service. Um, so the third one, I was a little bit scared in my ego to, because obviously I'd felt the fear beforehand yeah, and I was petrified, like I said. I've never felt fear like it. And bear in mind, you know, like I've had cancer and I've had near-death experiences. Yeah. And this was fear that I had never felt before. Like, I, how scared I was of dying from having cancer compared to this, I mean, it made cancer look like a walk in the park, to be That's honest wild. with you. Yeah. I was petrified. And I honestly, I couldn't, even put, I couldn't put into to context for you what I was scared of. But there was obviously something that needed to come out. Yeah. Um, so this third time so basically the way it happens is the place that I was doing it was you go on a retreat for four slash five days like four nights five days and you do ayahuasca three times in each ceremony 
sorry, you do you do three ayahuasca ceremonies in each retreat, basically. So this is the first retreat, last ayahuasca. Yeah. And um, this one was just absolutely phenomenal. It was like so many dots I could connect. I was able to release a lot of trauma. Um, and also this was around a full moon as well. It was around the, a full moon in Cancer and it was on the 30th of December. So it was perfect for closing out cycles. Now yeah. my rising sign is in Cancer. So that it was a pretty powerful full moon for me. Um, I've got quite a few Cancer placements as well. Anyway, so it really rounded out the end of the year beautifully for me and I was able to release a lot. Now about uh, less than two months later, Mm -hmm. about seven weeks, I went back for another three. Now, (laughs) the first one was really a bit of an ego trip. I was just really fighting my ego. There was some stuff I was not ready to let go of. And I'd done the whole thrown up thing. By the way, the third one, I hadn't thrown up so much by that by that one I was I'd thrown up a little bit but not so much and I was actually there with my boyfriend at the time and I was aware that I was actually purging for him as well so it was like stuff that was coming up for him I was actually throwing it up out of my body yeah, I've heard that's happened yeah for sure like if you're spiritually connected to somebody mm-hmm. it can be really intense like that yeah um and there were some really spiritually advanced guides there with us that could even see that happening and it's I think it must be quite uh intense for them to watch definitely I would definitely love to be a guide and do that for sure I intend on working with psychedelics in the future to bring Mm -hmm. sort of um coaching and psychedelics full like full circle as a form of healing for people I think it's an overlooked part that we haven't really delved into as a collective and I think it'd be highly beneficial for people to be able to do sort of therapy coaching and do psychedelic work I think it'd be really important and people be able to do sort of years worth of work in a very short space of time yeah um so yes, my fourth ayahuasca experience, it was it was pretty much an ego trip, to be honest. It was like my ego was just not letting go. I mean, I had a bit of a trip, if that's what you want to call it, but yeah. I don't really like to see it as a trip. I see it as an experience. I actually see it as, you know, the human eye can only see 1% of the frequencies on this planet, which means there's 99% of things around us that we can't actually see with our physical eyes. So when you do psychedelics, I feel that it removes layers of dirt from the third eye, which basically means that you're open to some of the other frequencies around you. Mm. Um, People that like to challenge this, I sort of say to them, well, when you tune into a radio station, um, there's lots of other radio stations, right? But you can only listen to one at one time. And when you've got a cat or a dog and they're going crazy and they're looking at something that you can't see what is it you think they can see huh yeah so um, (laughs) so basically yeah the the ego wasn't ready to let go and I got really quite I was quite I was in my ego I was frustrated I was angry I was you know I did a lot of journaling a lot of letting go the second one of this so technically the fifth I didn't throw up but I felt like I needed to anyway so it took me a little while to let go and sort of go with it mother ayahuasca came to get me and I was kind of on the trip and I was I remember being face down on my mattress sort of like literally I remember tossing and turning and being like just so frustrated I remember thinking to myself why am I doing this to myself I don't want to do this anymore like why is this so uncomfortable and then it was like I all of a sudden needed to go for a wee and I sat up really quickly and you you can't walk properly when you're on ayahuasca you need somebody to take you to the bathroom it's like being drunk Mm -hmm. and um I was like I need to go to the bathroom and on my way to the bathroom bearing in mind like I said you can't walk I all of a sudden started running I let go of the guide and ran because I could I was about to throw up yeah I went into the bathroom 
threw up everywhere um in the toilet but just you know what i mean yeah (laughs) and then it was like all of a sudden everything just was strange i can't explain it people that have had an awakening like this will know what i mean and if you haven't when it happens to you you'll remember exactly what i'm going to say yeah it was like everything in my body was tingling and i was aware that my soul and my body was separate but physically aware so it was like i was conscious that my soul was separate from my body and I turned around and I looked in the mirror and my face was really puffy because I'd done cambo in the morning, which is like a, it's a frog poison that they put onto your body to help you basically release more toxins, which gives you better access to the mind and the ayahuasca. Yeah. And, which is optional. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, wow, it's really good to see you, Yaz. And I think I must have said it out loud because my guide's outside the toilet and he's like, is everything okay babes you know yeah. are you good and I was like yeah I think so and I was kind of like shaking like I couldn't I could just about maneuver my body but I was just like it's really good to see you guys yeah and then I walked outside and it was like you know this place is in Spain right so they've got orange orchards outside and it's like four o'clock in the afternoon and I could literally see the oranges pulsing I could see the veins in the leaves and I at the same time, I was aware of my my heart pumping, the blood around my body. I could feel it in my veins. I was aware of what was in my colon, which by then was really not a lot. Yeah. I was aware of my fingernails growing, my hair growing. At the same time, I was aware that his hair was growing and his fingernails were growing. I could see his heart beating. It was like there was so much life. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't need to do ayahuasca anymore. And he was like, why? And I said... I need to sit down for a moment. So I sat down in this this chair in the foyer. And I said, there's just so much life everywhere. All I need to do is just be. I said, it doesn't matter what any of my boyfriends have done. It doesn't matter. Ex-boyfriends, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not polygamous. Um, <laughs> and um, it doesn't matter about the trauma with my mother. Everybody's always doing the best that they can do at any given opportunity to their level of consciousness and all I need to do is just be and just enjoy this abundant plane that we are on and he was like welcome home mama and I was like I've done it haven't I and he was like yep you've done it and that was halfway through the ceremony halfway through you get offered another cup of ayahuasca and you can ask for more throughout and he we went in and I said to him can you bring me my pad and my pen and I wrote a letter to myself and I wrote a letter to a few people in my life that I'd experienced a lot of trauma with. Mm-hmm. A lot of forgiveness and letting go was just oozing out of me. I didn't drink any more ayahuasca. And at this point, I was like, do I need to do ayahuasca tomorrow in the third ceremony? And I thought about it. Anyway, I decided to do it because I thought it was a waste not to. Yeah. This was how I knew that I'd had the awakening that I was supposed to have and the epiphany that I was supposed to have because the third one, huh, it lasted 12 hours. Wow. I had a full body orgasm for probably more than six hours. Jeez. I completely and utterly left my body. It's like I thought and was aware. I'm going to leave Yaz right here. And I'm going to go off to source. And it was just like this big ball of light. And I was just bathed in it. As in my soul was. And I was aware that I couldn't move my body. I was aware that my soul had left my body. Mm-hmm. And my body was just parked there. And I remember really needing the bathroom and just being like, it's okay. Yaz can just hold it for however long she needs to hold it because we're just doing something else right now. Yeah. And I'd never felt peace like it. 
I'd never felt bliss like it. I'd never felt pleasure like it. Like nothing like sex or food could even compare to that ever. You know, like multiple orgasms are great, but this is just like (laughs) some, oh, it's, you can't, unless you experience it, you cannot even fathom it. Um, And yeah, it was intense. I had like more, it was like what I realized and what was said to me during that experience was, you can always return to this moment of peace. And since then, my consciousness has delved even deeper. Like I'd done a lot of sort of getting there by psychology and meditation yeah. and so on. But yes, in, in a direct answer to your question, absolutely, that those experiences were, have profoundly brought my consciousness full circle. Um, I find now when people ask me questions about spirituality and existence, I'm yet to be given a question that I cannot answer. That's not to say I have all the answers to yeah. life. I do not. That's, I don't mean this in an in a arrogant sense. I mean that the answers that people seek to know in life, generally speaking about letting go and healing and so on, I feel that it just comes naturally now from this level of peace that I have. Like I said, I still get angry sometimes, but I return to the peace really yeah. rapidly, you know? Um that level of peace and bliss it's like now even if I do a deep meditation or maybe if I do say some mushrooms and meditate I can go straight back into that ayahuasca experience no problem I can take myself there I have outer body experiences with pretty much every meditation that I do and I can choose to do it as well yeah um, yeah it's, it's, it's intense in yeah. the most beautiful way of course I think it's like awesome just kind of being able to hit like hit that piece and be able to go back to it when you want or need mm. like whether it's meditation or whatever, whatever whatever it may be that brings you back to it but having that moment of bliss obviously only certain people have ever gotten there so I'm sure you know many people wouldn't know what it's like but you know just the curiosity of it all and you know seeing or hearing from someone who's done it I think is can open people's minds to a lot and to not only just you know that type of awakening but just in general like hearing you speak and talking about like just being able to learn to love yourself and how it can affect, you know, your life and your relationships and everything is just powerful for people to hear. Because I think that some people, you know, aren't quite as open-minded and they might listen and be like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit or whatever. Mm. But I think the more you listen, the more you hear like the sincerity and the power like in your voice and your story, it just goes to show like there is so much more out there for everyone if they just can like take a second to tap into it all. Mm, I agree, you know. Um, and quite often the people that think it's, you know, a lot of bullshit is usually quite in a lot of pain, which is interesting to me because I don't really have any pain now. Um, the biggest lesson that I took from all of it that, you know, we always talk about things like self-love, right? And I could talk about that for hours, um, but maybe for another time, hey? Um, <laughs> but what I took from it was, I'm here to serve you as. So I, everything I experience is I've manifested it and I've allowed it. So for example, you know, quite often I deal with a lot of people that want romance readings, right? Mm -hmm. And they just want to know why someone isn't treating them the way that they want to be treated. And they feel like the answer is about that person needing to correct their behavior. It's not, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt many, 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 many times. (laughs) Not just in romance, but with all sorts of relationships in my life. And what I've learned is the most important thing is to love yourself the hardest give yourself everything you want I always wanted to live abroad and I manifested this I always wanted to be financially free I've manifested this and like I said I was 256 pounds away from bankruptcy less than 18 months ago Um, and 
I now serve Yaz. If it doesn't feel good for Yaz, we don't do it. I don't sacrifice anything that Yaz wants or needs for anyone, whether you be my mother, my spouse, or anything. Yeah. And I've learned that lesson the hard way on many occasions. There have been many times where I've made sacrifices for myself. Even on the day of my operation for having the, the tumour removed, I made sacrifices for myself in order to make my mother happy. And it would always backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, and ayahuasca really showed me that this is your life and your first job in this lifetime is to serve yourself. Yeah. And so now I live completely and utterly in service of myself and that overflow from loving myself so so much makes it so easy to then serve others because people say to me how do you have the energy to do everything that you do because I love myself so hard and I give everything I want it's like if Yaz needs to eat we eat if Yaz needs to sleep we sleep if Yaz needs to travel we travel if Yaz needs peace we have peace if Yaz needs to meditate we meditate if Yaz needs to tell that person not right now they get told not right now and I don't make any allowances I don't curb that ever and that is truly the key to life you put you right on the pedestal right at the top you set your boundaries and you stick to them and then you find you've got so much energy and overflow it's so easy to do everything else that you want and need to do so I mean loving self is truly maybe we can do another podcast on that because that is something I find that is really and truly it's the answer to every problem that everybody has in life that's really genuinely the answer to every problem I definitely agree with that I think like you were saying when people say like oh why they do it like why they treat me this way or why whatever Mm. like whether it's your boss your friend your boyfriend whoever it may be like if if you're allowing yourself to like welcome that or whatever it may be or not you know into you're not confident yourself or have enough love for yourself you're gonna allow all that to kind of fester and happen but I think self-love is definitely something that's important for people to have and to kind of really work on because if at the end of the day like you're dying with your own life like I mean no one else is like you're gonna be the one who you know at the end of this life dies with it and you have all mm. the experiences you had and you have control over it so it's like you should definitely put yourself on that pedestal and kind of not live for yourself in terms of being selfish but live for yourself in terms of mm. making sure like you are doing what's right for you in the moment and the experiences because I said at the end of the day like it's really just it's your life and you're the one living it and no one else really is absolutely and like you said it's, it's you when it's those last moments you will awaken before you go into the next life and it's like what I like to say to people is what do you want this experience to be so like when I life coach or when I do relationship coaching I'm like tell me what you want from a relationship tell me what you want from your life what do you want to experience what do you want to feel most people haven't even asked those questions for themselves so it's like people are just walking through life kind of doing what they feel they should do based upon what society says and let's be honest society's a bit skewed because it's a bit of a mess right yeah so it's like you need to be clear for yourself and i agree with you completely it's like what do you want to experience because for me i want to experience the most amount of pleasure the most amount of paradise the most amount of seeing what this world has to offer because this is an abundant plane you are supposed to experience abundance when you're here so you know one of the other things i work with is people saying you know like money's the root of all evil and i'm just like no money is a neutral frequency just like everything else and it's a magnifying glass so if you see it's the root of all evil you're not going to have much of it and that's probably why you feel like it's the root of all evil because you don't have enough to have yep. the freedom that you want but you know you're here to experience abundance so experience it but abundance isn't necessarily ferraris and 
the things that people think that it is you know abundance is is true wealth and where does wealth really start well it starts with your health because if you don't have that you don't have anything so the first thing is taking care of the vehicle that was gifted to you by mother nature which is your body and you know there's so many people out there that are abusing their bodies whether they're conscious of it or not simply because they're again they're not self-loving you know if Mm -hmm. you're really self-loving then you need to move you need to feel free you need to feel clean you need to nourish you need to hydrate that's a really good place to start with the self-love 100 percent. well thank you so much for coming on your story has been amazing it's just been very powerful and i think people will definitely enjoy listening to it um do you want to give yourself some plugs if people want to find you online where can they find you they find you you know this story inspiring or whatever it may be where can they find you online? Yeah, sure. Um, I would love if you would love to follow me on Instagram at Queen of Earth Tarot. And I'll soon be starting a YouTube channel, which will just be my name, which is Yasmin Gould. Love it. Can't wait to hear it. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And keep up because there's a lot of really good episodes coming this year. All right. If you are a new or aspiring entrepreneur who dreams of freedom and working from anywhere in the world, Click the link below and book a free discover call with me where we will break down the exact steps you need to take to make that dream life of yours an actual reality so we can get you started on the journey to becoming a digital nomad.